Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we want to thank you for joining us as we go into the Word of God today. You may reach us in a couple of ways by email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you may write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, that's Pastor Eric 523. Uh, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Today, we're going to continue our series, uh, Winning in Life, but uh, we're going to now move on to uh, relationships. And today, specifically, we're going to talk about marriage. And uh, what, a, what, a, uh, what a controversial subject. Who would ever think that marriage would be controversial, a controversial subject to be talked about or preached about or taught about uh, according to scripture. In our today culture, marriage has been pushed down in many places, relegated to uh, being archaic or old or out of use or not necessary. Uh, living together or shacking up, as we call it back, back in the day, um, has become the norm. And living uh, or getting married uh, uh, before a couple lives together or or uh, uh, cohabitates, as some would call it, um, that also has, has come out of the norm. Uh, also, to go into marriage where the um, husband or wife or those two are not or have not been sexually active, that too is out of the norm. So we live in a time where being a, a someone who set themselves aside and say, you know, I'm going to live and I'm going to um, keep myself till I get married. I remember a, uh, a, a uh, nationally known sprinter, uh, Olympic uh, sprinter. I think she was a medalist. And she had said that uh, she wasn't going to have, uh, was not going to be active, sexually active. And she was ridiculed and said, oh, you're old, you're out of date, you're this and that. And you would think she would have been uh, applauded. However, she was, as I've said, was considered as someone who was out of touch with reality and to try to not only hold yourself up as an example, as she should have. And, and it's not that you're holding yourself up as a, uh, as a, a better than, but you're saying, you know what? I trust God and I believe there's a mate for me. There's a man for me. Or if you're um, a, a man, you there's a woman for me. And you're saying that I trust God, that he, he will uh, uh, show me or he will, we, I'm going to meet my mate. And I'm someone that I can, that uh, we have the same uh, foundation that Christ is the center of our lives and we're going to live together and we're going to wait. And so as we talk, move into this subject today, the first, um, the first foundation or the first structure or the first organization that you could say that God created in the earth was not the church. It was not a government. It was not um, uh, education, as you would think. But the first foundational uh, pillar for, for mankind, God established marriage. And again, this is where we're going to start today in a subject that uh, 50 years ago, people would have laughed at you say, I'm going to talk about something controversial today. We're going to talk about marriage. But in our day, it's commonly known that as we've had even presidents to say that you marry who you want to marry. And first ladies to say, you know what? It doesn't matter. Just as long as you marry somebody, you're good. But that is not what the scripture says. 
And we as the body of Christ, and if you're listening to this and you're not a, a believer or a Christian, that's where uh, uh, Jesus and what the scripture departs from the world or departs from the culture. Well, culture says you do what you feel, whatever you feel like, whatever your truth is, that's what you live to. But we know the scripture says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth. And when you put the, and he didn't say he was a truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, the light. So if you want revelation, if you want knowledge, you come to Christ and you come go to the word, which Jesus is, and you will find the will of God for every situation in life. The Bible may not specifically spell out what, uh, what who you should marry or who you will marry, but it does say that how can two walk together except they be agreed. So first of all, believers should be getting married. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean that uh, uh, if you're not a believer, you shouldn't marry. But it means that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and this is before. Now, if you got married before uh, you became a Christian, this doesn't apply to you. And there's scripture for that, where Paul even says that uh, if a woman gets married and you uh, you marry a man and he, you are a believer and he is not, and he's pleased to dwell with you and acceptable, accepting of you as being a Christian, then he said, dwell with them. He said, maybe, he said, uh, who knows? He said, maybe your light will shine and he will see the Christ in you and the God in you. And then you, you will win him to Christ. He said the same thing for a man. If you were uh, uh, married before you became a Christian, you become a Christian, you begin to walk in the Christian life. He said, don't leave your unsaved wife. He said, you be a light to her so that she may see God in you and the God in you will draw her unto God. God in you will draw her unto Christ. So again, we're going to start today in Genesis 2.22 and see the very first thing that God, foundational pillar for mankind, God established over in Genesis 2nd chapter, 22nd verse. And it reads, Genesis 2.22, and God uh, starting 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh thereof, and and he and the rib which God had taken from man made he a woman, and he brought her unto the man. Now we're gonna go further, but I want you to just see what God did when he took this woman who was a match for Adam, and one um, one uh, uh, interpretation or one translation of this says that God built this woman for her. In other words, she was fashioned so that she would be a mate to him. So that they would be the so that they would fit together and they would be a match and they could walk together as man and woman. And and Adam named her woman. She is she is she is a woman because she is a man. She created from man with a womb so that she could procreate and they could be fruitful and multiply. So God presented her as a gift to him. So that's what the wife is unto uh, the husband. She is a gift. He's got to, we've got to see each other as the husband sees the wife and the wife sees the husband, that they are coming together as a gift. That this man was, uh, uh, God has allowed us to come together and we have uh, are here and we are, we're, we're bringing, we are two whole people. And now these two are going to become one flesh. And we're going to go to that now in the book of, uh, the same book, book of Genesis. We're going to read a little further. 
uh, in this. It says that, uh, and the Adam said, this is what? Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. And then God goes on to say in the 24th verse, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. To, to, to simplify, God said you, you, you should leave and cleave. Leave your mama and mom and dad and cleave to that wife and you too shall be one. It's not that the woman is, is, is she gets her husband and now this husband completes her. No, it says that you two are two complete individuals. Both of you uh, in, in, a, in a perfect world, if you would say, or in, in God's eyesight, you come as uh, as two people who are have their mind established saying, you know what, this is the man or this is the woman that we're going to come together and we too agree that this marriage is what we want and we're going to walk before God as one, not as two, not as separate, not as uh, uh, I go my way and he goes his way or I got mine and he got his. But in the scripture, it says that we come together and we are now one. And there's so many variables to this that you could, you know, people want to, you know, there are many say, well, I got my account. She got her account and this and that. You know, how you run your house is how you two come together. No two houses are run the same, but it's up to the man and the woman that you two come together and you two work it out. See, that's what marriage is. You know, you have the honeymoon and everything's so nice and chummy and, you know, it's all lovey, lovey and mom. And, 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 you know, you're looking forward to the future, but you have got to know that there will be storms in your life. There will be times when you are, uh, 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 you disagree, but just because you disagree doesn't mean you have to be disagreeable. But you, we, if we establish a thing to say, you know what? God is the head of this life, of our lives. And we're going to live a life of submission. Because anyway, we're going to read a little more here and I'm getting ahead of myself. But I want, uh, but anybody that's been married for a substantial amount of time, and that's substantially more than, 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 than seven weeks or seven months or seven years. And if you've lived a time, if you lived a, together at least a decade, you've been through some things. You've been through something. And if you and I don't just mean living together or cohabitating together, it means that you are still working together as one. You still both want to be married to this person. And if you've lived together for that decade and some 20, 10, some 20, some 30, 40 years, and when you can live together and 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 still be in love with that person, still want to be there. See, there are some people they just you know, they uh, they just can't wait till the children out of out of the house. They just can't wait till uh, oh, if I get to this certain age, once I pay this off, I'm out. See, that's not uh, the biblical um, uh, biblical foundation for marriage. It's not about having prenuptial agreements where we say, you know what, if we separate, then you get the house and the car and the boat. I'll take the vacation house, the uh, the four hundred one k. And the uh, uh, savings account, you get the checking account. I get the black account. You get the uh, uh, you get the uh, uh, fishing rods. See, those are not those not the way. That's not the way because you are planning for defeat. You're planning for you made provision for separation, but in marriage, it should be all. Oh, look, we in this together, 
And again, it does not mean that you won't go through choppy waters, that you won't go through storm, stormy waters. You won't go through uh, financial issues or you won't go through pressure from the outside and from the inside. But when Christ is the head of your life, when you are committed to serve God, see, I love it. You know, in my marriage, and it's, it's no marriage that I know of is perfect. There is and there are no perfect marriages. There are no, there are some people say, well, you know, I married the perfect mate. Maybe thank God that you did. Oh, he's the only one for me. I don't believe that there is just one person for you. I believe that in that God will bring some people, God will bring a man or a woman to you. And, and, circum, and, and if you pray, if you truly, if you have prayed and believe God, God will bring someone to you. But you have to believe that, and you have to receive this woman that God has presented to you. The Bible says if man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. You know, however you find it, you may be induced by introduced by friends. Uh, you know, you may meet her at, at the uh, wherever you meet her at, at, at work or, you know, travel or whatever the case may be. You may meet her on a dating site. But the whole thing of the matter is when you, when you find someone who meshes with you, that you have the same mindset that God is our first. He is my first love. And see, this is how, how my wife and I, we, we went through marriage and we've endured storms and we've endured uh, things that have come against us is that God is first. Then she, she know for her, God is first. Then me. It can't be God, children, husband. It can't be God, in-laws, wife. No, it must be God, wife, and everybody else. Because you are in this for the long run. And if your mindset is that, Lord, we submit ourselves to you and I submit myself to her and she submits herself to me. And we're going to talk about scriptures along these lines because this is where today um, I'm just going to speak about the American culture is we don't most marriages are not arranged. You know, other foreign cultures they have where the families come together and. You know, and, and then the children agree, but the families come together first and the children recognize, OK, this is who my family have chosen. And so this is the person I'm going to marry. But in American culture, we go out and we pick and, you know, and I'm talking about not I'm just talking about in our culture. We find the wife or the husband find the wife or the wife finds the husband and they find it. Hopefully they find each other and say, you know what, let's try to make this work. That's the culture of the uh, uh, that's the American culture. But going back to however you and your husband got together and hopefully that you did this willingly, you did this willingly and you came into it and you are and you allow it and you wanting God to be the head of your life. And you're wanting for long. You want to, this to be death to death. Do we part? And you want not only just be together to tolerate the husband or tolerating the wife, but you want it to be where the love of God is in that marriage. And to do that, there must be submission. I'm going to say it again. In order for marriage to work, the husband must submit to the wife and the wife must submit to the husband so that they're in it for each other. See, it takes a time, some time to learn this, that, you know, you can't be selfish. I'll just talk about me because I know, I know me. And it took some time for me to realize that I was selfish. You know, I am. I was the youngest boy in the family, and for a long time, I was the youngest child. And so, I was used to. Uh, I was used to. You know what? 
he's the, he's the, he's the youngest. He's the baby. This blah blah this and that. The point being that that was my mindset, and I knew I was. I didn't know I was spoiled, but my wife made sure that she told me. You know what, boy? You she she brought it to my light, to my uh, mind. Say, Eric, you know what? You okay? You're a little selfish there. And so I had to see that and recognize that no, it can't be always be my way. It can't be always be your way. Every decision, you know, you are not right on everything. That's why God gave you that man. That's why God gave you, you know, you prayed for it and God sent you a wife that's suitable for you. I sent you a husband that's suitable for you so that you can live together. I remember one, uh, one of the mothers, as if we move on, we're going to go next section. You want to go to is um, Ephesians 5. But I remember one bishop saying how that, he, you know, he was a traveling evangelist going here and there. And, you know, uh, a nice looking young man and, and, and you know, had a voice, you know, that you would think of an angelist up there preaching. You know, anointed. I heard it myself. And, you know, just the words that he spoke, you know, just made you get up out of your seat. And it came time for him to be married. And he couldn't make his mind up who's going to marry and all of these choices. And he said his mother told him one day. She said, son, marry somebody you can get along with. No, everybody looking good. Everybody all dolled up and hair done right and smelling good and looking, dressing good. But marry someone who you can live with. Oh, he may have rippling muscles and hair wavy and whatever you, you know, the right skin color and skin tone and, you know, in perfect perfect shape and she may be fine and fine and all the things that you know that old school used to say you know and built the man they built and and and, and that's the one i want but why you you spend all that time looking for somebody's shape and but you never knew their heart you never investigated that person's heart it's the heart that matters it's the heart of the man of the mind of, of the man or the woman that's who you're really marrying. And not only that, you're marrying the mother. You're marrying her mother. You're marrying, her mo uh, you're marrying great grandmama. All those traits that she learned uh, or did not learn is in that woman. But if you will learn, if we will learn to just say, you know what, Lord? It's about you. And if I allow myself to be submitted and if we submit to each other, we can make this marriage work. We submit our say to saying, Lord, we trust you. We trust you, Lord. It doesn't mean that we are blind. It doesn't mean that, you know, that we go in, uh, we go into marriage blind and say, oh, this is going to be perfect. And, you know, he's perfect, the perfect one for me or she's the perfect one for me. Yes. Hopefully, prayerfully, you made a good choice. But the, but the fact of the matter is we have to go in with wisdom. And with knowledge and with understanding. And all of us make mistakes. So some people, this may be your second marriage or your third marriage or your fifth marriage, whatever the case may be. You can have a peaceful home. You can win in marriage. You can win in relationship. But God must be first. That's how you win in marriage. You win in marriage by God being first. You win in marriage by when you when you when you uh have found someone who loves you for you. They're not marrying you. They're not marrying. They were trying not trying to marry the, your mom or the their ex hug your ex uh your the ex wife. They're marrying you, and when you find that person, you then say, "Okay, we're coming together, and we're going to submit to each other, realizing that love is the key, and in love there is submission. In love there is patience. 
in love, there is mercy. In love, that because they're going to hurt you. Your feelings are going to get hurt. You're going to, something is going to be forgotten. You're going to have to learn how to forgive. But when we submit to ourselves and say, you know what? I made a mistake. I said some wrong thing. You know, I've gotten angry and it was my fault. Or I said it was, uh, you had you had the keys and, and you didn't have them. You found them on the other side of the couch. Or whatever the case may be. I mean, these are just little simple things. But the scripture says, it's the little foxes. If you can handle those little foxes, then you can save your marriage. It's not the big things that destroy marriages. It's the little things that get bigger and bigger. When we have issues in the marriage and we don't talk about them. See, in most marriages, there's a talker and there's a uh, uh, a listener. In most marriages, maybe the husband, maybe the wife, or both of them can either one can wear wear that shoe. But we have to learn how to communicate and say, you know, and you have to wait, just like they tell you, you don't chastise your children while you're angry. You know, you don't come at your mate when you are, your 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 head your uh your temperature is is up a thousand degrees. You got to come down. If you're gonna win, you got to do the simple things. It's the little foxes. When you say, you know what, let me, uh, let's talk about this. And I didn't, I, you hurt me when you said ABC. Why? And you still said, oh, you know, I was just joking. No, I'm going to tell you why. Because in past, in a past relationship, this was a sticking point. And I need you to help me to get through this. And then you work it out as you work it out. And you take it to God and you pray about it. These just simple things. And I'm not saying, you know, that every uh, uh, issue that comes up, you got to fast and pray about it. But I'm saying you got to be you got to be humble. You got to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will sustain your marriage. God will sustain it. He will keep you and him. You will keep your husband. He will keep the wife. He will he will shelter you from the, in the storm. He will prosper you. He will bring you up. He will bring you before great men. He will he will uh, 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 um, bless your marriage and bless your children so you can be a blessing to your children and another generation. All of these things God established when he created marriage for, uh, for, for uh, uh, the man and the woman. It's difficult as, un, as an unbeliever to be married. Now, I haven't went through that and I won't go through it because I'm going to stay in faith. How you know that, preacher? Because I'm trusting in God. I've given him, I gave my whole eternity to him. When you give your life to Christ, you're turning your eternity over to him. See, that's a big thing. Sometimes we don't think about that, but just, but just consider that. When you, and I've said this before, I want to say it again. When you, as a, as a uh, new Christian, as you come into Christ and you begin to study the word and spend time and studying and meditating on it, and then begin to say, Lord, I'm giving myself to you. Teach me the way to go. Show me how to, and give me the grace, Lord, to walk by faith. And I'm giving you my singleness. Or I'm giving you my marriage. I'm giving you my relationship with my mom and dad that may be rocky. God, show me. You're not only giving him your now, you're giving God your forever. Why not bring him into now and say, Lord, you can fix these little issues, these little things that seem to bother us. And sometimes it's just as simple as say, you know what? This is not that big. This is not that important for me and my wife and I not to be talking, for us to not to communicate. For it's the little things. Satan wants to shut your mouth, cause you to go into the corner. You're not communicating. 
And then here comes that uh, here comes that little voice on your shoulder. You didn't love them in the first place. They always think they're right. They think they know everything. And yeah. You can you believe they said that? And that little voice to go talking. But when you say within yourself, no, I'm living, I'm living for God. And if I live for God, I gotta submit myself. No, I may not, I'm I, no, it may not be my fault, but I'm willing to go and say, Lord, help me. Show me what to do, and I'll submit myself and do it. That's what being married is all about. It's about submitting yourself and allowing yourself to hear instruction from the Lord and then follow it. Follow it. So let me see. I'm way off. We way, we are way off into this teaching today. Not off, but I'm talking about we're way into it. And let's go to now to uh, Ephesians 5 and 20. And as we go into 5 and 20, now we're going to be talking about how God expects us to live in marriage. He says, I'm going to skip to 21. He says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, Paul's getting ready to talk about, he's talking to the Ephesians, and he's talking, beginning to talk to them about marriage. He says, wives. First thing he said, submit yourself one to another in the fear of God. Then wives, submit yourself to your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and even as Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Then he goes on to say in the 25th verse, husband, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, most of uh, most of uh, people, they know that 23rd verse is where it says, husband is the head of the wife, is Christ the head of the church. And then the 22nd verse, wives, submit yourself to the husband. But he also gives the husband a command. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. And what? And gave himself for it. Husband, he tells, he's telling us, love her so much that you wouldn't give your life for her. What woman wouldn't submit herself to a man that would say, baby, I'm willing to, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing, I'm getting willing to give my life for you because I love you and I am here to build you up as she is there to build you up. That's what brings stability and, 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 and establishes marriages when we come together with one mind, one purpose, that God may be magnified. And when others see your marriage strong, you don't have to uh, uh, promote it. You don't have to put a sign. Oh, my marriage is happy. No, you see people can tell. They can, you can tell fake. Because everybody has faked at one time or another. And fake knows fake. You see people, and we used to say perpetrate. They, they, they are pretending that they are so happy. And you, you know that they're fussing and fighting. And they, they, they're staying at the mother's house or living at their uh, living down in the basement or over at the hotel because they can't get along. But when we submit ourselves and know that, yes, you may know more. Maybe maybe the wife is better at finances than the husband. Maybe the husband is better at finances than the wife. But when you submit yourself and say, you know what, for the betterment of our marriage, let's work together. Let's come together with this. So that we can move forward and win. That's what winning is. It's not all the, it's not about who uh, scores the point. It's about us. We winning. We are winning as a family. We're winning as a, in a as a marriage. We're win, ma winning as husband and wife. And because we are together in this, we are supporting each other. We are we are there for each other. No, it doesn't. You, all of us have to learn. All of us have more learning to learn to get to learn how to live with each other. 
And most of all, being prayerful, said, Lord, teach me. Give me, show me some examples, Lord. Not only in the scripture, but there are people around you who've been married for years. And they can help you and they can support you and say, look, this is some things that I learned how to keep peace in my house. Don't let everybody come in on your marriage. You can't, you can't expose yourself to everyone what's going on in your house. Sometimes not even the family members. But God will give you a trustworthy, uh, trustworthy confidence. You know, it doesn't mean you tell, tell uh, even that person everything about you. But that's sometimes we just need to talk. Most of all, you should be talking to your wife. You should be talking to your husband. Say, hey, I need your help. Help me with this. And see, when we come together as one and, 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 and we begin to win in life. See, that's what the world needs to see. They need to see the church winning, winning in marriage, winning together and showing them. Yes, we are doing better as a family because God is the head of our life. Everything I have, everything I'll ever have is because Jesus is my help. He has strengthened Danielle and I through our years of marriage. He's been there for us. When we were doing well, when we, when we, were, when we didn't have uh, uh, all, the, all the money that we have today, when we lived in apartments, when we lived uh, uh, when, uh, through unemployment, through sickness, through childbirth, through all these things, God was there for us. We're at the end today. I pray God bless you. I pray for every married person who listening to this to this uh, uh, podcast, that you would trust God with your marriage. Submit yourself unto God. Submit yourself unto your husband or wife and allow God to speak to you. Lord, how can I be a blessing to them and receive what they impart unto me? I pray again to be blessed today till we meet again on Journeys in Grace.